this is Keep It Spicy. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Spicy. I'm here with my girl, Vita. Hi, everyone. I'm with my baby girl, Shoba. And today's episode is going to be talking about something that is relevant to us all and relevant to most of our listeners, since we're all in our, or most of us are in our early 20s. So we're going to start with the quote. So it goes, you must gain control over your money or the lack of it will forever control you. And this is by Dave Ramsey. Yeah, so on that note, as you must have guessed, we're going to be talking about money in today's episode. Very, very important. So we're going to first start by just talking about um, some general habits that me and Shiva follow. So let's start with what are our spending habits like? Shiva, so what do you usually spend on? I usually spend on food, even though I try to tell myself not to. It's like I do grocery shopping and then I spend on restaurants. A good portion of it does go into like transport, or at least like before the pandemic, like a good portion of it would go to transport because even if I do go to a restaurant or whatever, even if it's like not work related, I would still be going somewhere. So transport Mm -hmm. was, I spend quite a bit on transport. And then I would say after that comes uh, clothes. (laughs) Clothes Yeah. What about you? That sounds like similar to what I do as well. Like, of course, like the essential needs. I do live with my parents, so it's not like I'm paying for that. But um, that's what we, or most of our um, budgeting goes towards. And then we spend money on transportation as well, like car gas price. Like, dang, that shit is like way too expensive. Um, And then, of course, like just uh, shopping. And then like if I'm hanging out with friends, like paying for that, that's like what most of my spending looks like okay and what about your saving habits do do you save so whenever I go to like summer jobs or something like I do save the money like it goes directly to my bank but if it's like something like a side hustle where I'm just earning like a couple bucks for like tutoring or something like that like I use it to just spend it on like shopping or something um but yeah I don't like I haven't had an actual job this is this is sad but um yeah so like after graduating I haven't been like at a actual job for like a very long period of time so I've never like had to um worry about like saving too much before if that makes mm-hmm. sense so um yeah. yeah but when I did do yeah sorry I already said that go on <laughs> you go on yeah it's not sad by the way it's like you're not you're you're you graduated you're going back to school it's not like you're stopping to work like you are going back to school like that's your job studying that's true <laughs> thank you <laughs> very typical Indian child <laughs> brought into this world to study <laughs> I think I do so my spending habits so I started working part-time when I was in university like mm-hmm. my first ever job where I was earning money properly was in university. Um, and that money I would not save at all. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like I started working like the first year of university and I don't think I ever like throughout the entire time that I was making money at university, I'm trying to think, but I really don't think I ever once paused to say, to see, to spend, to save first of all. And then also to like see how much I was making like I would mm-hmm. do my taxes at the end of the year. So I think like when I would do that, that was that would be my like kind of like check in because I would see like the cumulative amount that I made over the time mm-hmm. that I worked. I never really like stopped to check. It was kind of just like make money and then spend. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But it's not like I made a lot, but yeah, I would just, I didn't really care too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like, had I not had a part-time job, like I was also being supported by my parents. So it's like, I tried to spend more of my money than their money most of the time. So that's why, like, I don't know, I was just very generous with my own spending because I was like, eh, it's just my money I'm spending. It's not my parents. So I don't have to worry too much. Just YOLO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but now that I, after I graduated, I started working full time. 
that was when I really started uh, trying to control my money because that was where I, first of all, I, when I, the first couple months, I would say I spent a lot of the, a lot of my salary, mm-hmm. a lot of just being eaten out. And I remember just being like, why, why is it that like my bank account is always remaining at the same number? You know, it's like, I'll mm-hmm. make money, but then it'll always come down to the same number. I was like, why is it not increasing? And that was where I kind of like talked to some of my coworkers. And I remember talking to my manager. He was really, my manager is like this, uh, I'm being so racist, but my manager, <laughs> well, at the time, my manager was Jewish, and you know, they're really good with their money, so I remember, like, <laughs> asking him, he sat me down, he brought out his, like, Excel spreadsheet, and he oh. was, like, he, he gave me really good tips, he wasn't, like, what do you call it? he didn't, like, make it too complicated, he was very simple, he was, like, this is what I do, he's, like, Shuba, if you do this for 20 minutes a week in life, it'll save you so much time, and blah, 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 and I remember he, like, helped me, and then I got my other friend who's super into, like, money making, he, like, wants to retire at 30, oh, don't wow. know if that's gonna happen, I hope it happens <laughs> for him, but he made, like, an actual PowerPoint presentation for me, and he explained it to me, and he's, like, and then explained how things work in banks, and then how things work in the stock market, and then, you know, how, how things work when they're in your bank account, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, he made, like, an actual PowerPoint presentation, because I, at that point, I'd started saving a little, but that was just where I was trying to become more financially literate, mm-hmm. it's not a word. We'll make it one. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like more cognizant of where I was like where my money was going so yeah he, he really helped a lot and then of course watching videos and stuff like that but the the answer to, to whether I save is yes I don't save as much as I would like to but I do save enough that I, I I'm satisfied saying that yeah I do save like whatever little I I save I do save I'll just leave it at that Okay. Um, so when did you actually start caring about your finances and why? I, yeah, I kind of just like already answered it, but I started caring about it when I got a full-time job after university. And the reason I started caring about it was like, yeah, I, I was completely supporting myself for everything. So before that, my parents were supporting me for like rent and stuff. But mm-hmm. as soon as I got my full-time job, I was completely taking care of myself. So mm-hmm. if I wanted to like, for example, go on vacation, or do anything like that, like, it was all my money, and for me to support myself, like, with rent, and food, and bills, and all of that, and have leftover money to, like, do, like, recreational activities, and have money to put into a savings account, so I could save for whatever, like, emergency, or something else, like, that was where I realized that I wasn't doing such a good job, because I felt like, I just didn't have enough money. I was like, I don't know. I just feel so broke. I was like, I graduated college, but I still feel so broke. So that was when I started saving money. And that was also why I was like, okay, I want to get to a point, obviously not in two days or whatever. I, I know it's like a long, it's like weight loss, it's like slow mm-hmm. and a long journey and you have to be consistent. But that was where I really started caring. Cause I was like, okay, this is completely my responsibility and I'm young. So I should take advantage of the fact that I can start doing all these things now. I think for me, like it was when I started college because until then like my parents didn't invest like so much money in me at once if that makes sense like when I was in college like I was mature enough to understand like financial positions and then of our family and then like my parents spending a bulk of money on me was like okay well I really need to step it up and like that's when I really realized like okay like I need to actually know more about finance and not just like for college but like everything else like I started driving around when I started um around the time when I started college. So I had to really like pay attention to gas prices. And so like actually spending more allowed me to realize um, that I have to start saving and be aware of like my money habits. So I think that's 
when it was for me. So how did you learn like how to save money or like to be more financially conscious or who did you learn from? It was mostly my mom and dad. So for my mom, it was things like, um, you know, like planning what to, what groceries to get and then like budgeting for weekly expenses. And then with my dad, it was like, um, so, so like the insurance side of things and like how to deal with like a car and how, what about like home, like buying homes, what does that require and all of like credit history and things like that. What about you? Well, I kind of, like, mentioned a little bit, like, yeah, it was a little bit of, um, as I mentioned before, like, a lot of it was, like, friends and coworkers. Um, I did watch some videos, and, you know, we're going to be referencing a couple of the people, a couple of the videos that I watched to help, um, but I would say, like, yeah, friends really helped, and these are not just friends that, like, like, friends in Canada here. I mean, of course, a lot of them are, because they understand, like, how, like, with some of us might have the same bank, or, you know, our savings account may have the same interest rates, or whatever like that, so it does help, but, like, I do have friends that are also, like, for example, I have, like, friends in India, or, like, friends elsewhere that also, or friends in the States, um, who also are very good with how they manage their money, and just, like, I would say just mostly friends, and then YouTube videos, that's kind of how I learned, mm. or I'm okay. still learning, I won't say I learned. <laughs> Um, my parents, not too much. My dad gave us some good habits, but I didn't really learn how to save from him. I just more or less picked up certain habits about how to track my money as opposed to how to save my money. He never really taught us that. Why is it important? I think it's important because at the end of the day, like you do for you to pursue all your dreams or whatever, you do need money. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, everybody starts somewhere, but it's the earlier that you start saving and the earlier that you start creating that financial consciousness, I guess, the -hmm. better it'll be for when you retire, the more money you would have saved when you retire. Or for example, if an emergency comes up, (laughs) coronavirus, and you know, like the economy is not doing so well and you're laid off, it's like you do, had you started saving and doing all these things earlier, you'd be in a much better position now. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I think it's very important to understand because at the end of the day, you do need money for a lot of things. If you want to travel anywhere, if you want to take a bus anywhere, if you want to visit family that's not living with you, like you do need money to survive, to buy basic necessities like food and such. So it's like, I think it's very important to understand how you receive your money, like the importance of the hard work that you're putting into getting your money because you value it so much more. And then also putting in the effort to save it. And of course, like, yeah, like also do enjoy your life. I'm not saying you have to save, 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 save. Um, But I think it's very important to understand like how you're getting your money, what you're doing with your money and where your money is going so that you make conscious decisions, you know, as a buyer or as a seller, you you you're in better control of your life I would say as Dave Ramsey put it the quote that we started at you got to gain control over your money or the lack of it will forever control you yes no I totally agree with everything you said and yeah life is crazy so anything can happen you need to save for like emergencies and retirement and whatnot and also I think like you put in so much time to make that money so I think like you really need to be disciplined and organized about the way you spent it because, you know, you invested so much time in it. So you obviously want to make the most out of it. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think it's important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And of note to our listeners, we're not financial advisors by any means. We don't have any. We're not certified. <laughs> we're um, broke. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? A friend told me this recently when I said I'm broke. Broke is a mentality. Oh, damn. Now she's just attacking me. <laughs> 
Like, you gotta, you gotta think we're in the, don't say we're broke, we're in the process of getting rich. Which, you know, that's All a better right. way of rephrasing it. As opposed to being, like, broke, <laughs> like, that's just the mentality. Because, like, at, at any point, like, you, I feel like no matter how much money you make, you'll never be rich enough, you know? Because, like, if you start that's making... True. If you start making more money, like, yeah, it'll be great because it's better than what you were making before, but there'll always be that, like, oh, I can make even more than this, you know? It's like, so I feel like <laughs> you'll never be, so just feel like, just, we're, well, let's rephrase. We're in the process of getting rich. Okay. Not there yet, but we're in the process. Yes, <laughs> um, where are the sugar daddies at? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to what I was saying. We're not certified. We're not financial advisors, but this this podcast episode and, you know, these are these are tips that we follow sometimes and we thought it'd be useful to share with a lot of our listeners. You know, financial literacy is important. And again, we are learning just as much as you are. For this video, we're actually going to be referencing the YouTuber Elena Taber's video how to budget and save in your 20s and her other video 10 money mistakes to avoid in your 20s um just to you know get us started on this money conversation so we're gonna go into some tips about how to budget and save in your 20s so the first thing to do i would say is to track your spending so tracking your spending does not necessarily mean budgeting so budgeting is basically just spending like a certain amount saying i'm only going to spend x amount and then limiting yourself to that for reasons like you know you want to save or whatever it is but budgeting is basically just limiting your spending so tracking your spending is less about budgeting but more about just really understanding how to save or how to invest or whatever it is that you want to do with your money by understanding where your money is going make a list on excel where your money and about where your money goes every single month and then reflect accordingly. So it can be like rent, food, groceries, phone bill, whatever it is, and keep track of it. So this way you have to get really specific though about like how much you're spending. So for example, if you go to a restaurant, you have to write, I spent so and so and so. Or if you went, um, or if you went clothes shopping, like the sweater will be a certain, you have to dock it as a sweater and then, a sh and then the shoes that you bought and then like the hat that you bought, like you have to be very specific so that you're conscious of where the money is actually going and how much you're actually spending on these items. So you can use apps for this, such as like Mint, for example. However, in my opinion, the best way is to break it down yourself so that you know, because sometimes apps don't track accurately. For example, if you went out for a friend's birthday and the dinner was your gift to your friend, that, yes, you're spending under restaurants, but that could come under the gift section, if that makes sense. So you next month, you know, OK, I spent so and so amount on gifts for my friends. Maybe this month I'll spend a little less, not because I love them any less, but, you know, just so I'm aware of how much I'm really spending on people or experiences or for whatever reasons, if that makes sense. So the next important thing is that you have to save money. We're going to elaborate on this a bit later, but we highly recommend saving for paying off debts, saving for retirement, investing your money, and for emergency funds. Definitely get into the habit of saving. You don't have to be cheap and frugal all the time. Of course, take time to treat yourself and have fun, but just as much as you get accustomed to spending money, get accustomed to saving. I specifically like this quote from Warren Buffet, don't say what's left after spending, but spend what's left after saving. Basically, once you get your paycheck, put aside a set budget for saving so you have no excuses, and then use the rest to cover essential needs, and then you can use what's left to treat yourself. We highly recommend this method as it ensures that you've saved money before you spend anything. A classic way of keeping track is following a cash budget. So Shuba, you have some experience with this, right? So can you elaborate on what a cash budget is? 
Yeah, so a cash budget or like the cash diet is basically like a juice cleanse of the financial world. Um, so basically what you do is you budget. So you, you tell yourself, okay, I'm only going to spend, for example, $100 the entire month on eating out. So like going to restaurants or takeout or whatever it is. And I'm only going to spend. So you dedicate a certain amount of money to all these little things. So for example, one could be restaurants, one could be entertainment, so like going to the movies and such. One could be um, buying stationery or like, you know, things for your desk or whatever it is, like furniture. So you basically allocate a certain amount of money for all these things. And then you actually take it out and take out that money in cash. So for example, if I'm only going to be spending um, $50 every week on um, coffee, for example, you take out, you actually go to the bank or you go to your ATM, you take out $50, you put it in an envelope or in your purse. But the best way to do it is like put it in its, put them in like separate envelopes. And then that's basically what you use for the entire month or two weeks, however long your cash budget is or your cash diet is. And then it's a great way of keeping yourself in check because say you're actually spending more than you wanted to, you will physically be, you will see that, oh my gosh, my envelope is getting a little thin. Like I'm actually running out of some dollars here. So it keeps you on check. And also it's like, once you've finished that envelope or once you've got, you've used up that money that was allocated for this certain thing, you know that like, okay, for the rest of the month or for the rest of my cash diet that, you know, I had set for myself, I'm not going to spend on this thing that I've already used up. So that's a great way to keep yourself in check. It's like super, super old school. I've done it. Does it help? Yes, it does. But I would say the one annoying thing about it, especially because, you know, if you're in the habit of tracking your money and figuring out where your money goes all the time, having a cash budget is really hard to keep track of everything because every single time you bring out your wallet, even if it's like you're paying $3.25 to go into the subway, you have to like remember to take out your phone or like a notebook or like whatever it is to like write it down. So I would say the only part that's annoying is keeping track of it because you can't you don't have an app to get rid of you don't have an app to track this you don't have or you can have your receipts whatever it is but it's like it's a very manual way of doing everything um but I would say it's rewarding is this something I could do forever probably not because I don't know it's very restricting but that's the whole point of a cash budget or like going on a cash diet yeah that's just a little bit about it yeah thank you so much for explaining and also I think like it's useful if you're just starting to save just to like you know physically see your money being used like I feel like you just get into the habit of like okay like I actually have to save so I I really like the idea of this but I do want to point out that you know if anyone's planning to go on a cash diet just to be mindful and using it for little budgets because often when you're making big purchases you probably want to do it with your credit card as it increases like your credit score yeah just be mindful of that very true very true Another thing to do is rethink rethinking your luxury. So it's easy to justify a cup of coffee or a latte from Starbucks every day. Um, but when you think about it, that can actually work out to take a lot of money out of your bank account. So for example, assuming, assuming a latte is $5 on average and you buy one every day of work, so five days a week, by the end of the month, you would have actually spent $100 just on latte. And this is assuming you don't get a cookie with it. This is assuming you get a latte only once a day and maybe not twice a day. So just from getting a latte every single day of work, you've spent $100 minimum. And that $100 could have been put towards saving for a trip to like Switzerland or something, you know, or like saving for a road trip, or just saving in general, or you could have put that money towards like buying a new swimsuit for the summer, you know, something that would actually 
benefit you more. And of course, there's other alternatives for buying for buying a latte from like a cafe when you could have first of all made it at home or second of all made it at your workplace kitchen or like the workplace cafeteria for free. So think of how much money that you're actually putting into buy into small things, which these would be your luxuries when you could have actually done them for free or saved by doing them at home. Another way to ask yourself if you really need something is to look at all of your recurring bills. So recurring bills are bills that just pop up again and again. So like, for example, your uh, television, like cable or Netflix or whatever, or your internet, your gym, your spas, your salons, the things that you go to every month and that keep popping up. And genuinely ask yourself, what you could live without. For example, if you have a Netflix account, do you really need a Hulu account? Do you really need an Amazon Prime account on top of that? If you have like your a nail kit at home, so like a filer, the polish, the hardener, all of that, do you really need to go to the salon? If, um, you, yes. only, <laughs> if you only use basic gym equipment, do you really need to go to the most expensive gym to work out? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or like, if you only go to the gym like twice a week, do you really need that high tier membership? You know what I'm saying? That that would be more useful to somebody that goes to the gym every single day as opposed to somebody that goes just twice a week. And also, do you really need to buy lunch or you know get Uber Eats every two days when you could have just bought groceries for the week and made lunch and used half the amount of money that you're spending on takeout? Right. So these are what these are what I mean by like rethinking your or taking a look at your recurring bills and rethinking your luxuries. And I will point out and say that I've had this discussion with like friends and like my brother and all said and done, of course, these things vary from person to person. And for example, for some people getting that cup of coffee in the morning from Starbucks, that hot mocha or whatever it is, sometimes it does help your productivity. So it's like, don't completely deprive yourself of this. Because I remember telling my friend about it. Literally what I'm telling you right now, I remember telling my friend about it. And I was like, you know, rethink your luxuries. Like if you're complaining that you're spending so much money or so much money goes out into like buying food outside or like buying coffee outside, then it's like try to make that at home and cut down. But I remember her saying like, no, like my my cup of coffee, like it really, because she would take like a, an hour and a half commute to get to work. So for mm -hmm. her, it was like that coffee really helped with her productivity. It like helped with calming her down when she finally got to work. And then, yeah, it also just helped with like, just, it just helped in every single way because she'd be stressed about the journey. If she was coming in the middle of winter and it was crowded on the bus or the train or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm -hmm. rethink your luxuries, but at the same time, if one or two of these luxuries, and the key important thing is one or two, it can be all of these luxuries, but if one or two really does help your productivity or something that really genuinely gives you peace of mind, then sure, leave it in there. So if your cup of coffee from Starbucks every morning really gives you that peace of mind for that five minutes that you're drinking it, sure. Make your mm -hmm. make a budget or make, like spend accordingly so that you have so that you can afford to spend that hundred dollars on your coffee because it gives you peace of mind. But then in that case, you have to obviously look at like your other luxuries and then budget or prioritize accordingly. Does that make sense? So I think it's also really important to to take note of that. So as much as you're rethinking your luxuries and reprioritizing, if something really really helps you or something is really really important to you, yeah, you're young, YOLO, like spend on it. But you also have to be mindful that if you're spending on something because of that, you have to spend less on something else or less spend less on another luxury. These things vary from person to person and something that may help you be more productive may, to me, 
look like a splurge, like an unnecessary splurge. So this is different from everyone, for, ever, for person to person. But the point of all of this is to just really think about where your money is going and to be mindful with your spending. For sure. I definitely agree with that. And piggybacking off of that, I think it's also worthwhile to spend money on reoccurring spendings. So take some time to go over like what your monthly or weekly bills look like. Look at your cell phone bills, your car insurance bills, your electricity bills, and so on. Um, this will not only help you budget, but also help you get a sense of what is taking up a huge versus a small portion of your money. And that's just going to help you save your money and plan accordingly. And if there are any policies that are expiring soon, then try to negotiate better prices for the renewal <laughs> or start shopping around for better deals. For example, some cell phone companies are running great prices on their data packages, but they aren't going to go out of their way to tell you that they have better deals so you know make sure you do your research on that and get the best price for all your essential bills very very true um and then well, another tip is this is hard for us all but don't compare so it's very easy to lose yourself when you hang around like co-workers or friends that have different spending habits than you some of them may not want to spend as much as you do and then some of them may throw away like triple the amount that you do. So some of them may, for example, if you have a coworker or a friend that spends that very, very easily is able to put $300 towards a pair of boots when you have to ask yourself like five times before buying a $50 dress, don't compare. You don't know anyone's story. You don't know where that money's coming from. So don't fall prey to comparison. Set boundaries for yourself. Dare to be intentional with your life and to be real with yourself about what you may want in 10 years. So for you, that may be different than the person who does throw away $300 on a dress or, or a pair of boots. And that may also be different for the person who doesn't even want to spend as much as you do on a dress. Do you know what I'm saying? So it changes for, from person to person. Don't compare. Just because your friends or coworkers are throwing away money, um, I'm not, I don't want to say throwing away money because that has such a negative connotation, but are willing to invest or spend in things that you don't necessarily have the budget for. Don't compare yourself. Everybody's money journey is very different. Everybody's life journey is also different. Um, and this is a quote by Meg, Meg J. If I keep living my life exactly as I am now, do I like where I'll be in five years? If not, then something needs to change because that's where you're on track to wind up. So have we fallen prey to this, by the way? Like, have you ever felt like have you ever compared yourself to a friend or a coworker that has more money than you? For sure. I mean, like even growing up in school, like, you know, we um, my parents immigrated to U.S. So we didn't have a lot like when we came here. So, you know, I would always see kids with like expensive things or like, you know, really cool toys. So I was like, oh, damn. But like, you know, I understood my family situation. So I was able to talk to myself about it. Like, I think I was mature about that. But um, and even in workplaces, you know, or college, like I see my friends having like expensive clothing, branded items. And like, yeah, like, of course, I think it's just human nature to be like damn like they have all of that and I don't but I think it's like you just have to stay motivated on what your goal is and focus on your priorities and I think that will keep you in track yeah no I totally agree and I've also done the same thing where I've also been like wow how when I'm comparing myself to x or y person I'm like wow I don't have any money I'm not able to book a trip to this place but at the same mm -hmm. time I've also compared myself to people that don't spend as much as I do for example if I wanted to do a certain activity or recreational activity and I ask a friend and then they're like I'm sorry I can't do it I, I don't have the budget for it it also makes me rethink like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be spending on this thing, which which in my opinion is like, which is, I guess, good to keep me 
to make me yeah conscious of my spending but at the same time like later when I think about it, I'm like you know what I should have just gone for this thingy by myself which I usually mm-hmm. end up doing because <laughs> it, it just because somebody else is not able to put money towards it doesn't make doesn't mean that it's not worth an investment it just made me not worth something that they want to pay for because they're not as interested in this thing as I am but this is helping mm-hmm. but this helps me or this is something that I do genuinely think is impacting my life or my mental health or like whatever mm-hmm. it is that it impacts for sure and I think like I also want to mention that for everyone don't ever judge friends or people near you like if they make financial decisions whether it's investing a lot of money in something or if they're if they're not able to make it to events because they're saving or not even that like even if they give like I guess when you're all eating out and they give like less tip than like all of you do then don't judge them I'm sure like their situations are different um and you really don't know what's going on with them so just you know be nice and be aware of just of or sorry be nice and be aware of everyone's situation and just you know give them some respect yeah I totally agree with that All right, so now we are going to jump into some general financial tips. So the first one is you definitely want to save for retirement, and the earlier the better. We cannot emphasize this enough. Do not underestimate the power of compounding. So for those of you who don't know, compound interest is basically the time value of money. So the earlier you put money in retirement funds, the longer it has time to grow. So to just give you guys a little perspective, let's say you invest $100 per week in a Roth IRA that earns you 12% annual return. If you start at age 25 and retire after 40 years, so around 65 years, you would have about a million dollars saved up. But if you had started at age 35, which is only 10 years after, and you retired at the age of 65, you would have only made 300K. So that's about a whole 700K difference. So it's very important to invest in retirement funds early on. And uh, while you're at it, make sure to check if your workplace has a 401K um, or any other similar policies if you live in different countries. I'm not sure if it's the same uh, across, but I'm sure every workplace has some kind of plan. So certain workplaces offer matching percentages for the amount of money you invest, and that's basically means free money for you. So you want to try to negotiate and maximize what they give you in your matches. So just a little cute tip for you guys, try to give your saving accounts a cute fun nickname. Maybe it's quit my job January 2019 or Japan trip June 2018. So if you make it fun, maybe you're more likely to stick to it and the more specific you get the less likely you are to keep skimming a little off the top each time your checking account dips a little low for by the way for our listeners our Roth IRAs basically if I'm not mistaken it's like the United States like the U.S. version of like a retirement savings account so in Canada it's called an RRSP like a registered retirement savings plan so it's just basically like a, an account that you put money in it's gonna and you don't touch it like you're I, I think there, if I'm not mistaken there's like a fee that you pay if you do dip into it but it's like Ideally, for your retirement savings accounts, you're not like that's the point. You're not supposed to touch it. You just put like whatever you want in there, like a thousand or two thousand dollars in it, and then you just leave it. The next time you touch it, it will be in like 50, 60 years. So that's what a that's what a Roth IRA is or RRSP account. Or for Canadians, also you can open a tax-free savings account. That's also a tax-free savings account. It's not. I mean, you can use it for your retirement, but unlike a retirement, unlike an RRSP, you can dip into it. But it's, I mean, the whole point of all these savings accounts is to not dip into it. That's why they're savings account. You want to save. So open another savings account and then label that one. Feel free to dip. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you do find the need to dip into it. But yeah, just wanted to add that in there. So speaking of savings account, you also should have an emergency fund. And this is something that I have started saving towards because I actually did want to start investing. But I, from my research, I learned that before I even start investing in anything, it's best to obviously one, pay off all my debts and two, save it for an emergency fund. So as we all know, life happens, you know, the coronavirus pandemic happens or you lose your job, like you get laid off all of a sudden or God forbid you fall really, really sick or a car crash or just anything and everything can happen. For example, say you're on vacation and then something happens, you lose your passport, you're stuck in that said location for like another 20 days. Like these are all small things, but bottom line is life can happen. So you want to have an emergency fund or like emergency backup money that you can dip into when these things happen. So your emergency fund can vary, but the rule of thumb is for us, like youngsters that are like 20, the rule of thumb is to start by saving enough so you have like three months worth of living. So again, if you were tracking your spending and doing everything that we said before, you would have a rough estimate of how much you spend on average every month. So save like three months worth of that. And then of course, if you have saved three months, you can always work up to like six months of saving from there, but three months is the rule of thumb. And then if you have a family, you know, other pe or other people that are dependent on you, then it would be more advisable to have an emergency fund of 12 months worth of living, so a whole year of living. So these are some tips on having an emergency fund. And then, of course, as we talked about earlier, get a credit card. A credit card is really important for building credit score when you, at the end of the day, like 20 years left from now, when you want to, you know, buy a house or something, or even if you want to rent an apartment, credit score is something that people will be looking at or banks will be looking at if they want to grant you a loan. You also get travel points from this. You get hotel points from this. But it is important. An important reminder is to be careful. Don't get into credit card debt. So view your credit card, and I do this, view your credit card as a debit card. So don't splurge. Keep in mind that debt also comes with interest, so you don't want to get into that vicious cycle. And another rule of thumb with credit card spending is it's recommended to spend less than 30% of your total total credit line. So for example, if your credit card limit is $1,000, you want to try not having more than $300 on, on your credit card at one go. That way you're able to treat it as a debit card and also you're able to pay it off easier as opposed to having like $600 worth of your credit card debt to pay off. Strategically planning larger purchases can also save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So as a rule of thumb, like electronics are best to buy during Black Friday or like, you know, Cyber Monday. And while travel, while travel prices tend to decrease between Labor Day and Thanksgiving. And this is something that I do. Like if I want to buy a really expensive pair of shoes, for example, winter boots or like leather boots, or like if I want to do any of these expensive buys, I usually... Even if I miss Black Friday and Cyber Monday or I realize like after Cyber Monday that like, oh, I need to buy something expensive, I usually wait. I would say like a tip, ask somebody that has worked in retail, wait for the last week of the year. So like I feel like everybody's like, oh, my gosh, Boxing Day has such great deals. And it does. And like all these other holidays have great deals. But the best time of the year, I'm telling you, is the last week of the year. And then also the first week of the new year, because the last week of the year, they're like, OK, the new year is ending. Sorry, the year is ending literally in seven days. We need to get rid of all of our 2019 stock. They're going to put even bigger sales. And then the first week of January of the new year, they're like, oh, dang, we're already in the new year. And we still haven't sold this out. Now, at this point, we need to do anything and everything to get rid of it. So tip as somebody that has worked in <laughs> retail, that's the best time of the year to buy anything. I'm telling you. 
electronics, I would stick to like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but still, even that falls to the same thing. Like phone deals, they all really, really drop at the end of the year. So the next important thing is to be realistic about housing options. So you want to try to keep a low rent, like you're still very young. Of course, this is catered to our young audience. And so you probably haven't settled down and so you don't need a really luxurious apartment. There is this famous budgeting rule popularized by Elizabeth Warren. It's the 50-30-20 rule and it describes how to like allocate your money and spend it wisely. So 50% is for essential needs obligations. So you can spend that on rent, groceries, transportation, and then 30% is allocated for like outside of essential things. So like going out, spa time, hanging out with friends, traveling and you know just YOLO things and then the rest 20% is for saving and paying off any debt payments another old school rule is the 30% rule and this is kind of old but it's it's just a nice reminder of how, how to do things so it just says that ideally you don't want to spend more than 30% of your income so just keep that in mind while you guys are budgeting Okay, and then don't buy a new car. I feel like wow, now I, now I'm starting to feel like these are these are I'm targeting myself with these. <laughs> don't buy a new car. So a car is a depreciating asset, which basically means that um, over time, so as the time as time goes on, um, the value of it declines. Um, so best to buy an old car or like a used car. Like I remember my friend, she just bought a new car, but it's um she's the third she's going to be the third or she is the third owner that would have had the car but that's how she was able to buy it I tell you with with straight up cash like she was able to get that with cash I mean she wow. saved up for it but she was mm -hmm. able yeah so be strategic about what you spend you don't need to buy like the brand new car you can and then you also do need to buy insurance with your car so you need to get insurance and then a loan for your car if it's a bit if you're not able to just pay it off like my friend did um and they're way higher for new cars or like newer cars. So always compare price, um, go for cheaper things. You're young, things will change. For example, you'll move into another home. So don't buy too much furniture or too, like things that are too expensive because keep in mind that this is not going to be your forever home. Does that make sense? So be mindful of your spending. And then yeah, always try to buy um, used things. I would say that now because we're in a pandemic, be careful about where you buy or use things from because you you want to make sure that you disinfect it properly and you want to make sure that it's safe. But yeah, as a rule of thumb, try to thrift as much as you can. And another handy saying, spend like you're broke, invest like a businessman. So keep that college mentality. Try to save as much as possible. And, you know, your salary may inspire you to spend and splurge, but don't, um, you know, just keep a tab on all your spendings and you know, definitely make sure to save and look into investing. It's very important for retirement. There's many apps that help with this as well. And an example is the Acorn app. Um, and you can use that for like small investments. And then, of course, create a budget. We've already hit on this, but it is very important to be aware of your money. Um, you can use various apps and Shiba already mentioned Mint, which um, allows you to see where the money is going. But if apps are not your thing, definitely make an Excel sheet or write it down, whatever works for you. But definitely make time to do your budget so you can effectively manage your money. And at the end of the month, put down the info on a spreadsheet and learn about your money habits and improvise for the next month. Yeah, for sure. And I would say going back to investing, like it's not just the Acorn app. I believe Robinhood is pretty popular in the States. We don't have that in Canada. And in Canada, there's other things like Quest Trade, Wealth Simple. 
Um, you can do it through your bank. So there's like, I think it's like I trade on Scotiabank. Um, and if not, just don't be shy. Go to your financial advisor and ask them the different ways in which you can invest. But again, do your research so you know the difference between trading and ETFs and mutual funds and all of the above, <laughs> which I'm sure I'm even missing out. So do your do your research before you start investing. Speaking of investing and getting money into your bank account, another tip is to have a side hustle. So since you're young, keep in mind that you don't have like people that depend on you. Like you don't have a child, assuming that you, I mean, this is to our younger audience. You don't have like a family that's depending on you. You don't have like children that you need to put into college. So this is assuming that you are, you're just taking care of yourself. So you have more free time than people that are already established into a family, if that makes sense. So you make use of that free time to diversify you know, other streams of revenue. So again, this may not apply to everyone, but for those of you who are in debt or those of you who don't have a well-paying job or any other similar situation, look into side hustles. So dog walking on the weekends or Uber driving or on, you know, freelance work online. It can be little things. Um, and then, yeah, use, like, don't underestimate the amount of free time that you have, even though, yes, we do seem, or like we are busy and things can get very busy, but you have all the time if you're willing to make the time. Another quote that I really like by Chelsea Brownridge is, having a little financial freedom will allow you more room to pursue your passions freely. So again, even if you're doing all these side hustles, not for the bank account, but just because you want to have that extra dough to go skiing every weekend of the winter or like, you know, just to pursue your, just to have that little spending money for it to treat yourself or to pursue your passion or to put towards like starting your own company. Like these will all pay off. And then of course, set financial goals. For example, be specific when you want to, you know, about buying property or buying a car. That means allocate a certain amount for it. Like be specific. I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on this thing. If I want to buy a car, I'm going to budget, for example, just off the top of my head, like $10,000 for it. You can obviously budget more or less. But, you know, the point is be specific. If you want to redecorate your room, figure out, okay, if I'm going to redecorate my room, so like the bed, the sheets, the desk or whatever, ask yourself, how much am I willing to spend for each item? You know what I'm saying? So be specific with your goals. Remember to always invest in things that matter. So spend money on things that will benefit you and, of course, bring you joy. So make sure to invest in physical and mental well-beings. You know, pay for that gym membership. Go to that yoga class and, you know, pursue hobbies that are going to benefit you in the long run. And so, yeah, that's it, folks. So this wraps up our financial tips for you. So the take-home message is budget and spend your money wisely and make sure to save and invest. And while you're at it, do some nice things for yourself. You only live once, so don't forget to have fun, guys. This now brings us to the question session, our fun session. So name one of your favorite things you own. I would have to say it's my fountain pen. So it's an old school pen that contains an ink reservoir that automatically feeds a metal writing point. For those of you who don't know, um, I love it because it reminds me of my parents. They got it for me when I started school and it symbolizes education, which stands close to my heart. I know, good brown child. Um, I absolutely love learning though. And it's, it's red in color. So that reminds me of love and specifically my love for parents and schooling. What's yours? Mine would have to be my winter boots, my Blundstones. And this is because there's a story behind it. Tell I'm sure me. you already know the story, but I'm just going to tell for our viewers. So my Blundstones, my first ever pair of Blundstones were actually bought as a Christmas present for me by my brother. 
And blood cells are not cheap. They're like $200 plus. Um, so they were, he bought them for me. I remember we went to like the mall near my house and we like, we spent a good amount of time looking at different ones because I needed, you know, the perfect, perfect bloodstones that looked just right for me. And he bought them for me. And I kid you not, a week, not even a week later, like I think like five days later, I'd only worn those shoes twice. Like not even, I barely even used them. And I went to the gym and I left them underneath with a bench in the locker room, in the girls' locker room. And some bitch stole my bloodstones. I hadn't even worn those things twice. And I remember I got, I remember I was so, it was so irresponsible of me to first of all leave them under the bench. But it's because like I leave everybody leaves their shoes under the bench and like I've left my running shoes there nothing's ever happened so I never dreamt that somebody would take my bloodstones but mm-hmm. alas I was I was dumb and stupid and I misjudged the situation but yeah somebody stole my bloodstones and I remember coming back and I was so upset and I obviously like called security and like made a huge fuss about it and I like cried so much and it was literally the week before exams also like the winter ex- like the exams in December like the end of the year exams like finals and I was just so upset because I was like oh my gosh I literally don't have any other pair of like winter shoes right now and then also like my brother bought these for me like they're not I I didn't even buy this. I literally wasted his money and I was just so upset. And I remember calling him because I think he asked me about it. He's like, oh, are you enjoying your new shoes? And I kind of like started crying. I called him and I told him that I was like some bitch stole my shoes. And I was so, so, so upset about it. And then the poor, my not poor guy, the, my sweet brother was like, he first of all made me feel better. He's like, okay, you need to focus on your exams because apparently my dad had given him like a, a watch a long time ago that he lost and he never told my dad. And it was also he lost during exam season. And he was like, I spent so much of my time thinking about that watch and how I felt guilty. But then he ended up buying my dad the same watch and just didn't <laughs> tell him that he lost it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you shouldn't be like that. He was like, I don't want you to waste time thinking about these shoes when you have exams coming up. He's like, we can always just buy another one. And I was like, okay, okay. And then he asked me, he had the bill, or I think he asked me to send the receipt. The next day, he went and bought me the same bloodstones and gave them to me. That's so cute. It is very, very, very sweet. Yeah, so those that's why they're my favorite things that I own. All right, so what is your favorite holiday and why? My favorite holiday is Diwali. And for those of you that know, I knew it was going to be Diwali. It's like every Indian favorite. It is the Festival of Lights. It's basically like our Indian Christmas. So it's like a celebration of like the new year and like you clean out your house and you get rid of your old stuff and then you buy, at least if you're in India, you buy everything new. But since I'm in Canada, I don't really got the money to just buy new everything. Um, But yeah, you buy new things and then you just have fun. It's like, yeah, Diwali is my favorite. Yeah, and also I was born a couple days before Diwali, so it sounds very close to me. I love my birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, but all the food, the dias, which are candles, by the way, and then being with loved ones, it just gives me, like, amazing vibes. I love Diwali. Name one thing that excites you. Food. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> one thing that excites me is traveling to somewhere new that I've never been to before. Ooh, that's cute. I like that too. If you were a flower, which one would you be? I would be an orchid. Even though like I do like roses, I would be an orchid because they're just so like, they're not extremely like super like crazily like beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. they are beautiful, but you know, like roses are just so like, ooh, but yeah. they have all the thorns and stuff. But I think like orchids are perfect. They're like, not too showy but not too boring they're aesthetically pleasing to look at I don't know I feel like they're very calming to look at 
they're just peaceful. I can like definitely me. see it. I would be a sunflower, bright, sunny, and happy. Aw, that's cute. What's your favorite way to exercise? I like to dance it out. I have two favorites. Uh-huh. One would be like going to spin class because that's just really fun. Like it's just the vibe. Oh my gosh. And then another would be working out with my gym buddy. Shout out to you, Amber. Aw, that's cute. I don't have any gym buddies. I feel like my friends, I can never be productive with friends. Like I need to go alone. But <laughs> um, all right. So name one celebrity you want to hang out with. So it used to be Ellen. But now it's Michelle Obama because she's just Ooh. such a strong woman. And I watched her documentary recently and she talks about oh, how... Becoming. I love yeah, that. Becoming. And she talks about... There's one part that just really made me like rethink myself. Michelle was obviously like very... She is a strong, independent girl. She is smart. She's a go-getter. But then after she got with Barack Obama, it's like even though she was already on top of her game, getting with him was like... It's nothing that he told her, but it was more just like she automatic... She was just conscious or mindful enough to be like, I'm getting with a man who's even more you know he has even bigger aspirations than I do or like he he was like because he he has like even these bigger dreams and you know he wants to bring about change and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and she was like I don't want to just be an appendage to Barack like I also yeah. like I'm getting basically it was like she got with a man who who's also got his stuff together and she and it just it automatically just challenged her to be like now I gotta get my stuff together even more like you know now Mm -hmm. I gotta step up my game even more and I was like wow I was like I hope to have that confidence and that vision I think I want to meet Tiffany Haddish she's super fun and lit like I I just really like her personality too I think she's a really nice down-to-earth person um and I don't know if you read her book but it was also really funny and interesting so I think I'd really like to meet her okay so what fruit do you relate to the most i'll just say peach because like cute and juicy and tasty (laughs) or i'm thinking watermelons because they're thick sweet and juicy wink wink (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for tuning in remember to follow us on spotify and on instagram at underscore keep it spicy let us know if you liked this episode and if you did tell us what you'd like us to talk about more regarding finances and if you did like this episode let us know as well and then tell us what you'd like us to talk more about so like our posts comment give us the feedback share our podcast and our content with your friends and on that note remember folks keep it spicy yours truly xx